Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It feels good, man. It feels good, right? right. Yo, yo. I'm in the light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome back to Small Market Bias. My name is Matthew Tynan. I am rejoined by Bruno Passos, uh, a new dad who are not a new dad, you actually have a child already, but a second child has arrived. I don't think it comes with the same sort of Twitter drama that Zion Williamson um, experienced in his uh, baby daddy situation, but uh, which is good, which is good. I'll take that. Uh, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm happy to be uh, happy to be rejoined by Bruno, and I'm glad that he doesn't have to experience the same kind of stuff that NBA superstars have to go through on social media. Yeah. Uh, new girl dad uh, counts. My, my, my first is a, a boy. So Hell yeah, now, new girl uh, dad. We, yeah. yeah, we got the full house. So new girl dad. Um, yeah, you find me. Uh, yeah, thankfully, uh, without a lot of the, the Zion baggage, um, I'm not that uh, interesting of a person. But um, no, just, just as tired as probably he is, but for... for for a lot more normal reasons, but, uh, so no running on a few hours of sleep, but plenty of coffee and, uh, happy to be back and chatting about, uh, uh, you know, what, what stories there are here in the, the middle of uh, a Spurs off season. Yeah. We're, we're in the doldrums, man. I mean, we're, we're smack dab in the, uh, dead NBA months. Um, though, you know, the Spurs have been busy. It's just like how interesting is it all like they they've they've had a bunch of guys to sign they've had um a bunch of moves to make it's just it's just not all that interesting except for the fact that basketball never stops like we have to keep going we have to keep pushing through we have to keep looking at um you know rookie of the year odds we have to start looking at players who have been acquired campaign reggie bullock uh chetty osman we have to see how all of these puzzle pieces fit so look anyone who wanted some big superstar move to happen this summer it was never gonna happen um those are always the exciting things and we can still pay attention to the nba in terms of where when where is Damian Lillard going to uh, going to be traded? Uh James Harden, he's also requested a trade. But we're focused on the Spurs. Um and where I wanted to start was rookie of the year odds because I do think it's an interesting conversation. Victor Wembanyama, according to Bet Online, which by the way, um is a big part of this podcast, a part of the Believe Network is minus 150 to win the award. And I do believe that it's an interesting conversation. I didn't mean that. That's no pun intended. I seriously didn't mean to do that. But according to Bet Online, he's minus 150 to win the award. And hey, speaking of Bet Online, if you're looking to get going on some action here, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Hey, basketball, how about that? Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting 
and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Victor Wimbanyama, minus 150. Scoot Henderson, plus 250. Chet Holmgren, plus 325. And then it really drops off. Brandon Miller, plus 1,200. This is all, uh, again, according to Bet Online. I have questions about Wimbanyama being such a favorite here because I do think that there is a possibility that he misses out on the 65. Remember, there's a new 65 game threshold that players have to cross in order to qualify for certain awards or, you know, uh, whatever, uh, all NBA, all that stuff. Um, and I do wonder if he is going to make it there, whether it's whether it's by by virtue of the fact that he gets hurt. I don't want to put that on him. I really don't want to put that in, out into the atmosphere. Okay, don't put that evil out there, Matt. Yeah, we won't put that evil we out there. Don't talk about that. We won't. But since we haven't seen the schedule, since we haven't seen how, and I and I actually do wonder about this. Since we haven't seen the schedule, we don't know how many back-to-backs the Spurs are going to have. We don't know what their strategy is going to be. We know for sure that they are going to be trying to figure out how he works as a human being, like literally, physiologically, how this dude works. I think that there is a real question here as to whether he's going to even qualify and we can we can talk about the performance stuff in a second, but I am interested in your thoughts on how the Spurs are going to manage him, how they want to work with his people in terms of what he wants to achieve. And rookie of the year might be one of those things. I don't know. Like it's an interesting question. Is he going to pass the 65 game threshold? Yeah. No, all good questions. Um on uh, you said the line is um, you know with with bet online at minus one fifty and if if there's any listeners who don't know what that means good for them uh, but essentially that that places him as a front runner and you would need to bet yes thank you Bruno I appreciate to, to net a a one hundred dollar return um, which yeah uh, that that puts him you know in the um, well ahead of of the field. Um, and yeah, so you, you have to be feeling really good about that to place that bet. Um, I, uh, I'm the kind of degenerate that doesn't like that. I like the longer odds plays myself. Um, but um, no, you, you, raise, you raise one really good point on um, the, the, the game's threshold. Um, I think when I, I looked this up just shortly before um, us, us hopping on here, but I think it was an av- there was an average of uh, 13 back-to-backs last season uh, per team. So you do the math on 82 minus uh, 13, you're getting really close to that, um, that 65 already. Um, but like you said, his, his, his camp may have, um, we don't know how strong his, his, his camp feels about um, really going for that award. Um, we don't know that his body can't necessarily take, um, you know, those back-to-backs. 
Um, but that is that is one question mark. We 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 uh, the, on the court if he plays, we don't necessarily know how he's going to thrive as an offensive hub, as somebody who puts pure points on the board. And we know how important that can be for um, for winning the award, uh, especially when he's uh, going to be uh, part of a mix that includes Scoot Henderson, somebody who's you know billed as likely the alpha um, on a rebuilding team. Plenty of touches, um, plenty of usage to eat up. Um, somebody like Chet Holmgren, who's coming back um, and, and get, gets, the, gets to do that um, rookie season on his sort of second year in the team after kind of being around the team and um, learning a bit of the ropes without actually hitting the floor. So um, it's a lot to consider. Um, I'll, I'll throw this back at you, though, because I think some of the, the, the appeal with, with a Wemby bet is thinking about what, what his statistical floor is. And let's say he hits the 65 games. Let's say that's not a concern. You have to like his floor far more than anyone else, just because he could he could really just walk on the floor and easily hit you know some number. So I, I've got some idea in my head, but what do you see as like, let's say it's a sort of a C plus outcome of Wembenyama, where some things don't fall into place, but the numbers just come so easily to him because of his size, because of his talent. What do you see as 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 that kind of statistical profile in, in terms of points, rebounds, blocks, whatever you you want to say? Yeah. So are we are we talking about like without? some sort of minutes restriction or game restriction or things like that. Just like, let it go and, yeah, and play. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. say low thirties in the minutes, high twenties if you want. Uh, but I, I think it probably doesn't necessarily matter because you know, the, the rebounds and the blocks, you kind of feel pretty good about some of that just coming naturally with the frame and, and, and instincts. Right. I just feel like he could like literally fall backwards into like 15 and eight and two, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. Like, but maybe bump up the rebounds. He could even bump up the blocks and still feel like you're not not with a scorching hot take, right? Like he could, yeah, he could no, come I in at like, like whatever. Like I'm trying to be conservative yeah. a little bit here. Yeah, fourteen, <laughs> like, ten, and three. Any any sort of like anything in that sort of like range, like realm where that 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 feels like a really strong floor. Um, and so, yeah, and and that's exciting because then you start talking. Well, what's the ceiling? And and so. Um, yeah. that, that's where you step away from the bet and you get really excited again as like the, what actually is just going to happen from a pure fan's point of view. Um, but yeah, when you bring it back to the actual gamble and, and what you're thinking about with those other players and you mix in the, the, the possibility of injury uh, uh, with, um, with maybe he doesn't necessarily dominate on the offensive end um, right. for you know some of the reasons that we saw in summer league. Um it um, yeah, it, it becomes I think a very good question as to whether you 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 bet the farm uh, on that uh, minus one fifty. You know it's crazy. Like you watch him, and even it it's summer league. It's whatever. Uh, everyone always prefaces the summer league comments with that, so I'll just get that out of the way. But you watch him play, and you watch some of the the score the basically the made field goals that he had and it's like dude this guy is going to get i don't know eight points a game again i'm being conservative here eight to ten points a game just by running the floor getting out in front of people getting position down low and just turning around and like dunking the ball or or flipping it up and scoring like he has this unbelievable advantage in that he's so much taller and longer than everybody everybody like this guy's gonna go to the line a million times so you're right like like I, i'm being conservative when i say something like 16 and 8 he's he's a cheat code 
Yeah. And everything is so easy that when you when you kind of project out, even if he's playing whatever, even if he's playing 26 minutes a night, something like that, because he's going to have his he's going to have his nights where he's not doing well or he's in foul trouble, even though I don't know, I. I'm not sure about the idea of foul trouble with him because it's so easy for him to keep space and just block everything that goes up um, away from his body. So he's not like physically uh, bumping into people. He's not doing the things that normal bigs have to do. Um, I just think he's going to put up numbers. My only question is, again, health and what the Spurs are going to be doing with him. But I do wonder, in it because of that, and you brought it up already, Scoot Henderson, I guess it really depends on what happens with uh, Damian Lillard. Scoot Henderson is a great pick. Um, I love the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think there is so much there. And the way that, that Oklahoma City has just been rolling Chet Holmgren out, even after the injury, like he played the whole summer league, I think. Uh, like that guy's going to be a fairly similar player to Wemby, I think, in the first year. I don't think he's going to be the same offensive player. And and he obviously isn't from a talent perspective, uh, but he's pretty damn good. Um but he also has a lot of other guys, Shea Gilders Alexander, Jalen Williams, uh, Josh Giddy. Like they have a, a a very full team, but they also have the advantage, or he has the advantage of the team potentially having a really good record, uh, a, a better record than the Spurs. And and I think I don't know, man. I I think they're going to be like a top six team in the West. I really truly do believe in them. Um, so I think that, I think Chet, you, you talk about long odds and he's number three. Let me go back and look real quick. Uh, plus three twenty five. Yeah. Plus three twenty five. Chet Holmgren's an, a, a, an interesting pick and he's kind of in the same mold as Wimby. He's seven, two, he's long. He's going to block everything at the rim. Um, which obviously is another advantage when it comes to when we talk about the rookie of the year conversation and the fact that like Wemby could maybe win it just defensively, (laughs) just like on his own. Um, But Chet's right there, man. He's, he's a very similar type of player. And I think Oklahoma city is going to be good. I think they're going to have a good record. So I don't know, maybe that's the pick. Could be. No, I mean, he's up there for a reason. Um, it's a little bit um, unfair and reductive to call him some sort of uh, RC Cola, Wembenyama, um, you know, version. But, um, you know, the statistical profile won't be too dissimilar, um, I think, at least in terms of what he's doing on, on you know, on both ends of the floor. But maybe he ends up, uh, you know, could be coming out looking like more of a three point shooter to start. Uh, maybe he's, um, you know, a little bit more aggressive getting to the basket. Who knows? He, he, he did appear to he does appear to have a bit of that dog in him, as they say. Um, so, uh, he's interesting. He he's, some he's junk in summer league. He showed some junk in summer league too. Like yeah. some of the, the crossover, like spin move stuff. Like, I don't yeah, know. He's, he's, he's not afraid to, you know, yeah, put that shoulder down and he's got, he's got plenty of moves. 
Um, you know, we saw a lot of it, and it's a shame that he lost uh, lost that season last yeah. year. But um, no, he's 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 going to be interesting. Um, I hope there's um, more online, um, more uh, hoorah Spurs fans out there that do run with calling him Diet Wemby or something. I won't throw that out there um, anymore. Uh, but um, no, he's 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 going to be he's going to be a problem. Um, I you know Scoot uh, has his own case. Um, and then, you know, you, you want to you want to look at some of those fun long odds if you're a true D-gen. And um, hey, you're, you're I think he's he's your boy, Keontae George, um, at uh, something like 50, 60 to one. If you want to get silly, throw a little bit of uh, some some units on there and uh, see what happens. Um, who, who knows uh, with um, you know, what happens to other players, what happens with him? Um, uh, you know, any, anything's possible. I don't even see. My guy can't take you. You got to scroll. <laughs> you got to scroll underneath. Yeah. Us. I think Sasha, Sasha Vazenkov, <laughs> uh, the Thompson twins. But look, he's there. I told I told you what kind of a gambler I am. And he's 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 the kind of name that stands out because he's 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 going to be coming in ready to get buckets. And, and buckets are what uh, are our currency when it comes to the award. Amen Thompson at twenty five hundred is is interesting. And I'm I'm also surprised to see. Even though you know I love this guy, uh, Taylor Hendricks at five thousand plus five thousand. Uh, that that front court seems crowded. I don't know how he's gonna do that. He plays a fairly. Sim- I mean, he basically plays the position of Laurie Markkinen. So, yeah, it's not sure right there. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know people recognizing his name from draft boards and kind of have to throw his name somewhere, but nah, like recognize said, game, um, yeah. recognizing game, recognizing. Game. Okay. Well you, you're, he is your boy. So it, prove it, <laughs> put, 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 put your money where your mouth is. Well, I think, um, I talked earlier about, or I mentioned earlier that it's been a busy off season might not be that super interesting, but it's been busy. Um, the Spurs have been re-signing, trading for a bunch of different people. Um, they have to cut three, cut or trade three different people uh, by the time the season starts. I, 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 and and we can go through the list. You know, Julian Champagny was re-signed. Sandro Mamukelishvili was re-signed. Dom Barlow was re-signed to a two-way. Uh, Trey Jones, obviously, uh, two for 20, which is a steal. Um, I know people have their varying opinions about Trey Jones. Um, no, that's, that's, that's bringing on Reg- it's a great contract in today's NBA, regardless, pretty it's much regardless great, of the player, but especially with the great NBA, contract. Like, yeah. Um, like I said, Chetty Osman, uh, Reggie Bullock. There are a lot of guys here who can play. Uh, but there's a common theme in all of this and it's either one year deals or short term contracts like yeah. the spurs are clearly saying right clearly saying right now this is a tryout this is to see who can play who can fit um i think you can probably look at a guy like kem birch who has one year left on his on his uh, uh, on his contract? His health issues are obviously concern a concern. Man, I didn't even see him around the team later in the year. Like 
practice facility on the road. I didn't really see him. And I, I'm not implying that I know that for sure, uh, that he wasn't like around the team, but it it seems like he's a guy who might be on his way out, especially considering Charles Bassey signed, you know, a contract and considering Zach Collins is likely to be starting for this team next year. Um, but I was wondering just in your mind, when you look at all of these, this mix of players who are the most likely to stick or what are the Spurs doing? Because I kind of feel, I kind of feel like they're waiting for something to happen with the Lillard stuff, maybe even the Harden stuff. Like they're still in a position where they can afford to facilitate. Um, I know they don't have cap room anymore, but now they have, if you don't have cap room, the next specs, the next best thing is to have expiring contracts, one-year deals, stuff like that, currency that can be involved in trades. Um, so I kind of wonder from your perspective what you, what you think they're doing at this point because it's tough to say. Like At the end of the day, they might just waive whoever they need to waive because they have that financial flexibility, but... Uh, but I think they're waiting. I think they're I think they're hanging on to see what comes next. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's exactly it. I'll throw out one uh, one more sort of commonality in those um, in, in this in the off season uh, that um, uh, it's sort of right within uh, Brian Wright's wheelhouse, which is second round picks. I think he added a few more of those to the coffer. You sure uh, and, did. Um, that's uh, that's uh, you know that's his brand. Um, is, is just um, you know keeping kind of replenishing that. Um, uh that um those yeah in his uh, in his updated resume in his updated resume he's just he's he's listing all the second round picks that yeah he's piling up you know as like i feel like in some ways he's playing an rpg in his mind where he's just like he's just kind of getting those there's some some stats that he's he's mounting up there um and you know we don't know what's going to happen with him i I think we're he's leveling up his gamer score Exactly. Basically. You know, and, yeah. and, um, you know, we, we've seen that, um, second round picks are increasingly more, um, sort of, uh, I think, you know, valuable as, as, you know, greasing the gears on some of these moves. And we're seeing that, um, bigger players are more easily moved now than, you know, potentially ever as we approach kind of the, the realities of this new, um, CBA. Uh, so he's, it seems like he's at least positioning himself to, to be, um, you know, in a good place if, if the Spurs need to are, are able to make some sort of move like that and, and, and add uh, another big piece uh, next to Wemby. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think that's exactly it. You know, you, you see what's happening with some of these other teams and these stars that are still poised to probably be moved. Um, and the Spurs can be one of those teams to facilitate. I don't know, you know, exactly how that is because I think there's a lot of um, uh, still a lot to be decided with, uh, with Damian Lillard, with James Harden, um, any other players that um, end up, you know, potentially getting moved before the season. So um, I think that's it. And, you know, it, it, the, the, it's not necessarily a place where you want to have to just wave guys for nothing or whatever. But, um, 
it's also a season in which the Spurs can afford to do so and continue to march on. So uh, whether that's, you know, last man in, first man out sort of thing with, with the, the players that have been added to the roster or not, um, we'll see. But um, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think it's exactly, you know, the, the idea is uh, flexibility um, and, um, uh, you know, kind of see how the rest of the landscape shakes out. What do you think of Julian Champagny? I know you were a little lukewarm on him early on. Yeah, are you, he. Are you... Oh, I mean, obviously, I uh, I feel much stronger about him after this summer than um, kind of I think, or you know, those those early days of of getting more minutes at the at the end of the season. Um, that the the confidence with that jumper and and just the 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 rate at which he was hitting it, especially you know in in the the California Classic, maybe not so much towards the end of uh, summer league, but if right. he's you know at 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 his size. Um, with what he's already shown that he can do sort of off the dribble in the pick and roll, if he can complement that with being anything close to a 40% three point shooter, um, that's just such a, you know, a valuable piece to have on a team that's, you know, trying to be positionless. Um, it makes him just really easy to insert in any lineup and, and, you know, keep, a um, keep a solid floor and, you know, who, you know, still, still, a you know, a young player in his own right. So, um, still plenty of room to, you know, get, you know, round out that game, feel more comfortable in the Spurs system. Uh, I'm curious to see, you know, he obviously had uh, a, a, a bright green light in summer league to, to let, let yeah. it fly. And, you know, you're always curious, what does that kind of player shake out when he's, you know, the third or the fourth option on, uh, on the floor, fifth option? Um, is it, um, can you find that same kind of rhythm? Uh, you know, shooting the three ball is, is, is that the type of thing that can, can throw you off. And if, if, if he's not, if he's closer to a 30% three point shooter than 40%, it does, um, sort of alter the, um, uh, you know, where you about, where, where he ends up weighing out. So um, definitely excited to see what he can do, uh, you know, surrounded by, you know, all NBA players. Um, and uh, I think he's earned, you know, consideration as like, uh, you know, part of that rotation. Um, and uh, I, I imagine he gets it, but, uh, you know, I think we'll see, you know, as, as, as uh, we go into training camp and, and the season begins. But how about you? You were, you were already hot on him. Did that has, has did anything surprise you about summer league, or is it just kind of what you expected? No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, early on, when I saw, like when he when he first came on the scene, and you talk about having the green light, he had one. Forget summer league, man. He had a green light with the Spurs last year. Like when he came on, um, there was a confidence level that he seemed to just relish or, 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 or I guess I should say that green light he relished and took advantage of. Um, he's, he's a very good spot up shooter. We'll see, like you said, if the percentages hold up, but he's also a really smart cutter. Like he, he seems to just fit everything the Spurs like to do. And that's going back to college. Uh, if you go back and look at his college tape, like that was one of his strengths. Um, I, I think like you said, uh, we're going to have to see how it holds up. My, I, I have a lot of confidence in him because I think he's, I think he's just solid. I think he's just smart. Um, if the, if the shot holds up, he's going to be an NBA player for a long time. My, my question is at this point, 
is like who's gonna get the playing time on this team um because and I, and now I can bring up another name that impressed me at summer league and I know that we're going off the Google Doc script I, I didn't include this but it just popped into my head like CD Sissoko looked really good uh at summer league he didn't get a two-way slot he got a standard contract I, I we don't know yet if it was standard or the second round exception but it doesn't matter because regardless he has a standard contract he's not a two-way player um I had a lot of fun watching that guy. Um, I watched him in in draft prep and all that stuff. I have had big questions about his, and I still do, his ability on the ball. But his just creativity, um, his size, his athleticism, it's all a lot to deal with if you're a def- if you're defending or if you're on the offensive end, having to deal with him as a wing defender. There's a lot going on with that kid. Uh, he's smart. You're trilingual, man. You're 19 years old, and you can speak three la- three languages, man. Your 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 bas- your IQ is is up there. Um, I'm pretty confident in just saying that. Um, uh, man, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. I think we need to see what he is as a ball handler in the half court. That's going to be a big difference between the summer league uh, and M- and actual NBA basketball. And when you have to actually dissect defenses that are set, but I love these I love these dudes who are always looking for the pass, always looking to set teammates up. Um, like that's their their number one priority, um, especially if you, you like one of your weaknesses might be like on ball creation that you're just constantly looking for the cutters or the flares or whatever it might be. Uh, these guys are a lot of fun to watch and CD Sissoko, man, he made a name for himself at summer league, even if it is only summer league. See, CD so fun. Um, and I think he knows, he knows what his strengths are as well. He, he doesn't have delusions about kind of like the player that he is right now. And I think you saw that a lot um, in the, um, in that pass first mentality. He's always looking for those three point shooters. Um, when he drove, he, he's definitely like not, um, didn't have blinders, right. When he drove to the basket, he could find that, um, the, the, the big man in the dunker spot or whatever, and, um, not shy yeah. about, you know, that, that behind the back pass or whatever. He's, um, just a very, that's, fun that's the thing, man. It's that stuff. It's the flair. It's the behind the backs. Yeah. It's like the scoop passes. It's, it's the dudes that are that are not just trying to pass, but trying to make it look fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a fun part of that, but there's also like it makes you sort of have that much more confidence in him because if he if he feels like he can make that play, then there's a confidence in his body and there's a confidence in his game that like really matters. Like the, the, that that goes a long way for these players in terms of like, um, you know, earning their spots on the floor and, and taking that next step when they feel like they can do um, uh, those those sort of uh, next level plays. So no, really fun. And I mean, I think uh, what, what we saw as a, as an on-ball defender is, is in, in summer league, I, it, I expect at least some of it to translate, you know, guys would yeah. try to drive on him and create a bit of separation yeah. and they just, he just, they weren't getting any of it. He's, he's going to put ball handlers in hell 
And that's, you know, that's the real fun is if he can do enough on the offensive end to, to, to stay on the floor, then as a defender, he's going to be a, a, a difference maker really soon. Um, but yeah, we'll see, you know, there, there, there are some warts to the offensive game and, you know, he, I think he was still committing um, quite a few fouls. Uh, I think that I think that was a high rate, so you know, something to tighten up there. So um, I think that makes it enough of a case to where he's he doesn't necessarily need that spot um, on the rotation sooner rather than later. But um, you know, you, you kind of file him in as a bit more of that um, development piece, but with somebody that you can get really excited about. Um, you know, either at the you know towards the end of the season or going into next season. Now that he's locked in with that contract, he's just um a really fun guy and this is this is a fun roster but he's a really fun player that you see now locked in for a while and you can get uh, um you know just really excited about what he could possibly become do you do you get excited about um about sandro about mamu like like when when uh, he's he's obviously a super entertaining player and i think he's like right up your alley but he's kind of like that tweener he's like I get he's a four, I guess. Like maybe he can play a five sometimes, but he probably isn't. Uh, you're not. You don't want him as a defensive big. Um, he's not. Maybe not quite a wing uh, offensively, but he's 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 kind of stuck in that middle ground, and you wonder, probably because of the defensive stuff, like. And he's only on a one-year deal now. What is this guy's future? Like, what is he? Does it f- kind of feel to you like the Spurs are trying to figure out that figure that out themselves? Um, I'd say so. Yeah, like we, you know, there's there's a reason, you know. I and, and to the point of the players that I'm into, it's it's a lot of these guys who we don't necessarily have <laughs> a paradigm for. Like they they don't necessarily have an immediate comp. And you see someone like Mamu who. Uh, can just really uh, shine in a lot of unique ways, especially for someone his size. Um, it's it's um, it's it's really fun, but um, at the same time, there's a reason why there's maybe not necessarily an archetype for it. And these guys right. do struggle to stick if they don't have a true defensive position um, or just something that they truly excel at on the offensive end. Um, that there's you know even like going to someone who I was I really liked. Um, years ago, like a Dario Saric, you know, someone who just makes sense. They're a hooper. They just do everything well. They're smart. They, they, but if, if, if they can't hit, uh, on that defensive end, especially in the league, how it is now. Um, and, uh, they're just not elite enough on the offensive end. Then, um, finding that rotation spot is, is a little bit more difficult. And so, yeah, as fun as, as someone like Mamu is, um, you hope to see, just, you know, find out what, what are those things that he can, um, you know, make it hard to keep him off the floor um, besides the, the entertainment factor. Um, but uh, that's, I think what makes this season fun is you have um, uh, that flexibility to do that. You have enough, enough other things to figure out uh, to where you, uh, you know, slot, slot them in when you can uh, give them the opportunities to sort of shine in, in, in the roles given. And, and hopefully we see some of that from him and, and some kind of stride from the, uh, from from what was a positive but still um, kind of un undetermined uh, outcome last season. Yeah, it, it's 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 all about fit with those types of players, right? Like, yeah, 
you look at look at Boris Diaw, man. Like he was a train wreck when he was a Charlotte Bobcat. Train wreck. Like it, and and that also had to do with the fact that I don't think he was happy there. But yeah, playing play, play on the, one he, of the worst teams in NBA history does, does do that. Too. Yeah, sure. But but even but even more than that, like coming to San Antonio and pairing up with with these dudes who play a particular style of ball, like it just worked well for him. He was great in Phoenix too. It was similar, right? Like that's just the fast moving. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Pass, pass, pick and roll, pick and roll. Um, yeah, I think it just kind of comes down to where you are if you're that type of player. And he kind of fits that description too. Um, all right, let's take a break for a second. Got to got to stick an ad in here. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about some recent comments that uh, Keldon Johnson made to Tommy Orsborne of the San Antonio Express News, who, by the way, like major props to asking this question uh, of Keldon Johnson of whether or not he would be willing to go to the bench because like the Spurs do have a situation right now. They have, um, if you're looking at Zach Collins at the five, Victor Wembanyama at the four, whomever at the three and the two. And if you're talking about starting Trey Jones at the one, you're looking at someone that has to go to the bench and, and Orsborne, Tommy, uh, asked if Keldon would be willing to go to the bench. And he had comments basically saying, I will do whatever it takes to win. That's all I want to do is win. Uh, I'll do whatever. And I don't think that's necessarily surprising to me. Keldon has always been this kind of guy. Um, I wonder uh, how much truth there is in that from his perspective. Um, This is a guy who gave a whole lot to the Spurs last year, a lot in a, in a tanking season without Devin Vassell for more than half of it. Um, I don't, I guess it's irresponsible to say how, how, you know, trying, trying to judge how truthful that is. But I thought it was an interesting response because like, you're talking about a guy who gave a lot and you're talking about a guy who's been sort of the face of the team for the last couple of years, I guess, if you want to, or at least the last year, because DeJounte was the face of the, of the team the year prior, but Moving from the starting lineup to the bench would be would be significant if we're talking about Kelton Johnson, right? I mean, this is this is a, a a guy who is kind of a fixture. I mean, coming he's beginning a, an extension. He's about to make twenty million dollars a year. He's going to be the highest paid player on the Spurs. I think that I think that would be I think that would be an interesting story going into the new season no absolutely um and he gave the right answer you know uh, great on him for um 
handling it the way he did. Um, good on Tom for asking it. Tom always a, a, a the goat for um, stepping in and asking kind of tougher, you know, those 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 really tough questions. He, he's always yeah. getting get in the trenches and do it. Um, and this is one where you know it, it may not end up being Keldon, but he's in that mix. He's in that sort of uh, four players that need to fill three slots. Um, and uh, it, it's um, yeah. Uh, there is a history of, of one um, very good player who, uh, you know, did that, made that move from uh, starter to super sub. And uh, I think Spurs fans do get fixated on it. They're like, well, just tell him, just tell him to be like, like Manu Ginobili, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's definitely not that simple. No uh, NBA player is just willingly going to see that as um, this uh, positive forward uh, step for their career, for their development, for their brand, whatever you want, however they might want to look at it. Um, uh, it's, it's a different level of exposure and it's a different, maybe a different kind of status. So um, it's, um, Keldon said all the right things, but um, it's, it's got to be a complicated conversation for um, the, the team and whoever does get sort of asked, uh, told to, um, to accept that role um on this team and it'll be interesting it's 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 a, a a a handful of guys that are all very you know quite different and you there's it's each one ha- comes with uh you know some some things that they bring and, and some things that maybe they t- take off the table a bit when you put them in and slot somebody else out so it'll it'll be uh interesting for sure um i uh was blindsided a little bit on my first uh pod appearance uh to sort of uh air, air out my, my kelvin takes which um, are a little bit lukewarm at times, uh, as far as, uh, you know, what he can be, um, what, what his sort of ideal role is. Um, but you know, in, in general, uh, he remains, you know, on the contract that he is, it's a great contract. Um, he's obviously proven to be a real steal, um, in the draft. And like you said, he stepped up big time last year and has obviously made huge strides in his game. Um, but the reason why he gets sort of thrown into this mix, um, even though he was somebody who put up 22, five and three last season. And, you know, normally guys who do that on, on a team like this, that's still young, you, you don't necessarily default to like, you know, why don't they go off the bench? But he's a unique player in that, um, he's, he's still got some things to figure out offensively. Um, defensively, he's not as versatile as you might like, uh, you know, in terms of switching on to faster perimeter players um he's obviously not going to be guarding many um fours and fives with the uh projected lineup that we are going to probably be seeing with the spurs with um uh Yama and uh collins in that front court so he becomes sort of um more of an interesting piece than you think and, and perhaps maybe off the court stuff aside one of the more natural fits to be that super sub but whether he does um, in the end is, is, you know, it'll make sense if he stays in the starting lineup and somebody else does, maybe um, it becomes a case of the Spurs, you know, believing that, um, uh, you know, the best point guard is no point guard. And they, they, maybe it's Trey Jones uh, that, um, that doesn't may, you know, we've, we've heard pop say in the past, you know, Jeremy Sohan is a point guard. We've, we've, we've heard these things and, and them obviously try it. And um, I think there's in some ways this sort of the, um, emphasis on the the actual positionality of a point guard to them they 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 think that 
Um, anyone can bring the ball up the court, and then you're just going into your set offense, so maybe you don't necessarily need one. Uh, but at the same time, you do need the right uh, person to set the table for, for Victor in year one. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Keldon, is, there's a reason why he's uh, a candidate for it, but we'll make to- uh, can also completely see him retaining that starting spot next season. You know, th- you look at what the Spurs have done this offseason. They, they bring Trey Jones back. They trade for campaign and they introduced him. So like whenever, whenever a team, I, it's not like the end all be all, but whenever they say like, welcome to San Antonio, here's Cameron Payne. Uh, and he's also kind of a Spursy guy. So when you start to look at the rotation and I wrote about it months ago, um, about the idea of the fa- of of the Spurs going big, and I don't think that's totally off the table. But and I I think they will actually. <laughs> I think they will do this. Um, I think that there will you will see like Sohan, Vassell, Keldon, Victor, Zach Collins lineups. I think that we're gonna see that. But in terms of the starting lineup, in terms of rotations, they have four point guards right now. If you want to look at it, look at it in the traditional sense: Payne, Jones, uh, Devonte Graham, and uh, Blake Wesley. So, if you're looking at it from a rotational standpoint, it's getting a little more difficult to view that big lineup as a like as a starting group as a possibility just because you're where are you going to play like two of those two of those guys maybe even three of those guys so i do think it's an interesting conversation in in terms of like like if if they want to have something that's fluid something that makes sense something where where like where roles are defined bringing someone off the bench like Keldon potentially. And I don't, I don't, I I don't view his comments to, to Tommy um, as being definitive. I think Tommy was just like kind of throwing something out there, throwing it against the wall, seeing what sticks and Keldon responded. But like, in a vacuum, it makes sense. I, I would be really surprised. I would be really surprised if Keldon Johnson was coming off the bench to start the season next year. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be, but I don't know. To me, if we're looking at this from a, a rotation perspective, unless they like get rid of Devontae Graham, who has a partial uh, guarantee, um, unless they don't like Blake Wesley or or something's not working with him. It just kind of seems to me, seems to me like something's going to be different. Someone's going to be coming off the bench, right? Like, does that make the most sense to you? Well, there'd definitely be players coming off the bench. That's, 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 they would, they they would be ill-prepared if they, if they didn't have that kind of, that would be problematic for the season, yeah. Um, but I think we're we're kind of dancing around where where you may be headed with this, unless I'm, I'm misleading. But uh, you're saying because of the glut of point guards, Trey Jones would make sense as a starter. 
Um, it sounds like you're, he just you're doesn't. He just Sheldon does Johnson. in general. Like he just yeah, does in general. Sure. It would, and it sounds like you're saying Keldon Johnson, you would lean towards him remaining in the starting lineup. We got Victor. We got Zach. I assume you would still have Devin Vassell in the starting lineup. Yeah. Or, or um, because that's going to leave no, one I, interesting I, name I, off based off of maybe I, where you're... Yeah, no, no, I, I did. Um, I, I didn't really intentionally do any of that i don't i I am genuinely confused about what they're going to do with this roster what they're going to do with this rotation um they they have they have so many different players right now who can fill multiple roles so i just i just find i find it fascinating because I, I know that they have this vision of a big lineup, and yet you're bringing in campaign, <laughs> like you're 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 crowding the point guard position even more. I don't know what their intentions are with all of these guys. I brought it up earlier in the podcast. I think that they're still absolutely. Uh, trade candidates. Um, I just think that there's a lot of general confusion right now as to what the rotation is going to be. Um, Definitely. Um, and, and it'll be interesting. Yeah. Do they do they enter it? I'm oh, sorry. Continue. No, go go. Um, they might go into it extremely open ended and um, uh, ready to just learn whatever there is to learn about these guys and, and, and see, or maybe they come in maybe with more of a mind to lean into, lean into certain strengths, lean into a certain identity, because that just provides a certain structure to, to, to start the season. So maybe that's not going all big, but um, maybe it is just, um, you know, leaning toward defaulting to the, the, the best spacing you can put on the floor with around Victor to start the season. Maybe it's something like that, but I imagine that uh, they'll, I, I I feel like they'll be informed by some kind of logic where it's it's just whatever those strengths are that's what they decide to 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 really um, push towards. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be somewhat telling, and um, it'll, it'll be very cool to see what quotes come along with the with what they say. Pop doesn't always reveal everything that goes behind his decisions, but um, sometimes no. we get a bit of an inkling. You start to it's tough to explain. Like when you're, and this is a difficult time of year to get sort of those inklings. Um, everyone's on vacation. Everyone's like working out elsewhere. Uh, the Spurs have been in the building for a long time, but like we're not around it. Um, so this is a difficult time of year. You can talk to some people, um, but the Spurs are not very talkative. <laughs> uh to to guys like uh guys like us uh at this point of the of of the uh calendar year but you, i think it's interesting like what do you think of in 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 terms of what you just spoke about what do you think of Shetty Osman and Reggie Bullock 
and Cameron Payne, like these young veterans who have been around a while, I I can see some semblance of longevity with maybe a couple of these guys. So is it interesting at all to you that they're bringing in these sort of these vets to fill roles that other guys have had that might be competing against rookies that they've brought in uh, or, you know, guys in their second year now. Um, Because like, these are capable players. These aren't, these aren't like Osman and and Bullock and Payne are not crap. They're, they're, they're they're all names. They're all names. They're all names. They've all been, you know, part of the the Spurs fans, you know, NBA consciousness, even if we haven't been watching them, you know, last season too closely, but you know, you always knew that they were dudes. They were, they were people that um, had, you know, earned their time in the NBA and maybe just takes a little refresher. How did they do last season? What did Reggie Bullock shoot from three or what's Chetty Osmond been up to? And maybe why didn't he stick around in Cleveland when um, they were so sort of um, in need of somebody at the three to contribute? So um, why did why did the Suns, who didn't really have a point guard on the roster, uh, send off Cameron Payne? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So there's questions, um, and but they are you know obviously players that you need to consider and see um, if if they do how much merit they have as as you know consideration for for that roster spot for that rotation spot. Um, you know I, I find you know kind of asking is it Reggie Bullock versus Doug McDermott? What do you who do you see kind of as that shooter? Reggie Bullock's obviously a bit more of a defensive uh, player as well, but um, uh, Cameron Payne in that point guard rotation, Chetty with the um, those other big wings that the Spurs have right now. Um, so I actually really, I, I think people were kind of making fun of him last year during the during the playoffs, but Chetty uh, Osman, he, he had at least in my eyes, like Jalen Brunson was it was awesome. Jalen Brunson is an awesome player and he's a really difficult player to defend, but the, the Cavs were sticking Osman on Brunson last year during the playoffs. And I, I, as I was watching it, I remember people making fun of it, but I was like, dude, this guy's like working hard and he's kind of all over him. Uh, and I, I, I wonder, and, and Reggie Bullock is, is Reggie Bullock is, is one of these guys that like, when you look at the Spurs history and they love these three and D guys and he's, that is what he is. It's like, okay. They traded for players on one year deals, but like these guys are Spursy. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. They're Spursy. They're Spursy dudes. Um, and any other year, like, you know, in the past where they were the, the, the roster wasn't so fat. Um, you'd see, you just, you know, see them slotting in and, and they'd be like, you know, you're Dante Cunningham or something. They'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to get minutes. Cause of course they're going to get minutes. That's just where they're like the ninth player on the team or whatever. But now this is a roster that's really full and it's um, got a lot of decisions to make as far as how you develop a lot of these young players. And it's uh, figuring out that trade off and, and what is, uh, a, a player who I don't know is like a, a 75 in NBA 2K. It, it, what's what's would you rather play him 15 minutes a night or would you rather kind of divvy that up among your your 21 year olds? Um, it's uh, it's 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 an interesting consideration and yeah, um, yeah I, I I think we're gonna see at least a few of these guys who are you know the last man in sort of things maybe 
get jettisoned elsewhere one way or another. But, um, you know, it'll, it'll be telling to see which ones the Spurs really have, a, you know, have a, you know, take a liking to uh, if, if they end up sticking around after uh, the dust settles. All right. Last thing we're going to get to. Um, and I think it's kind of the, I mean, I know we've talked about a bunch of different stuff here. Uh, I don't know how much of an elephant in the room those things are, but there is one that still remains. Um, Devin Vassell contract extension hasn't been agreed upon yet. Um, I don't, I don't really, I know we can look back at last summer and like how fast or how quickly I think it was within two weeks of free agency starting um, that Keldon signed his extension. I don't think that like that's abnormal. Um, There are plenty of examples of contract extensions not being signed until like days before the regular season starts or a couple of weeks before the regular season starts. Um, but do, let, like, let's, let's just kind of zoom out, I guess here. Devin hasn't Devin Vassell has not signed his extension with the Spurs. Um, for whatever reason he's eligible been around for, san antonio do you want to cover what eligible like he's what, what's the max that he's eligible for just to kind of throw that in the the mix is it uh the five years 25 percent of the cap sort of thing for him with the new cba they don't have to they can give him five years um without offering him the max but yes yeah. the max would be 25 percent. yes yeah so either way, he's, he's, you know, he's probably not in consideration for that, like in all likelihood, but Desmond Bain, uh, same rookie class, uh, signed for that nice, um, five years, 207, $207 million, big contract, obviously, you know, I think most people think Desmond Bain's worth it. Um, what we think is De- Devin Vassell likely is not in that same conversation with the Spurs. So somewhere underneath that. And, and as I think you also said, um, the new CBA allows for teams to, um, offer that five-year uh, contract at a below uh, max uh, max contract, right. right? Yeah, right. So there's somewhere underneath that, probably. Um, yeah, it's, it's and you kind of wonder because if you remember last year, uh, Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, both signed whatever 130, 140 million dollar extensions um late late like right before the start of the season um keldon had signed his deal like i said uh very early and it was 74 million guaranteed and i wrote about it at at the time like the spurs found a good number it's a it's a a descending contract where he's making 20 million off the bat but by the end of his contract he's making like 17 17 and a half something like that um but like those guys got almost twice as much money as he did and you kind of wonder if Devin Vassell's camp is is waiting and they're waiting to see deals like the one that that Bain got um 
I can't imagine, especially considering Devin's inconsistency, his injury, things like that, like that he's going to be able to get a deal like that, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like I can see something like, I don't know, five years. 125 million, like 25 million a year, but I can't see more than that. I really, I just can't. Um, yeah. I, I, from a Spurs perspective, it's like, man, you haven't really proven anything yet. Like we believe in you, and they do. By the way, the the Spurs do believe in Devin Vassell. Um, and for my money. Now that now that Victor Wembanyama's on the team, uh, I consider him to be the second best talent on the roster. Yeah, um, I think he's he's shown that. Um, but you got to see if he can stay healthy, right? Like you you can't you can't just buy. It's a, it's a weird middle ground. Like you, you've got to show that you're consistent. Um, but at the same time, the Spurs can't get rid can't get rid of you. Like it would be a it would be a huge uh, wrench in what has become the machine at this point to lose someone like Devin Vassell. Yeah, and and I think the Spurs, you know, um, they're. You know, we we don't know exactly the nature of these conversations. Obviously, um, right. I don't know that um, there's been too much on the knee either, to where we we know how much of a factor that weighs in. Aside from it being a factor, you missed part of last season. Knees are important. You kind of need both of them, unless you're Dewan Blair, um, uh, to function. No, it turns out he needed them. Yeah, well, you can he got by on a you know, squeaky wheel for a bit, for a little while. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, I you know you you assume that these negotiations remain sort of amicable, but between both sides and uh, the Spurs maybe have put out a number. Maybe there's there's still considerations as far as incentives that they that they want to talk about. We don't necessarily know all that. I doubt right. you know there there is the 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 alternative here, which is that the Spurs in the past historically with Kawhi Leonard they did not rush to an extension. They actually had him resign the next year because of the um, flexibility with, with um, uh, his cap hold that allowed for the LaMarcus Aldridge signing. That would be I was fun. I about to bring this up. I'm glad you that's, did. Yeah. Go, that, go, that, go. That's, that is the fun consideration. You look at some really fun names on that 2024 20, free agency uh, list. Um, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, uh, just some really fun directions to go in that could probably deserve their own podcast episodes. Um, <laughs> I, I assume that, that's that's getting a bit ahead of themselves for the Spurs, and they would rather likely um, lock Devin into a number that they're happy with. And I assume that Devin would also be um, happy to lock in that long term money as well. Given the knee thing, you never know what's going to happen. Um, uh, I you, you, I think we we would default to like them finding that um, that happy medium in between, maybe something like that five for one twenty five, where um, it's. No, Spurs aren't going to have that sticker shock or that um, that concern um, long term, uh, especially as the the salary cap goes up. 
and also Devin and, and they also bring in a happy Devin Vassell back into camp. You never really want um, these these players souring on their contract and, and bringing that um, into the locker room into the regular season. And I assume that's not going to happen with this, but it could just be something where they weren't eye to eye exactly in their first round, and maybe they're going to return to it later, and and um, and uh, we'll see the 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 Shams bomb um, somewhere further down in the summer. Yeah, um, the Spurs are are. are very methodical in the way they approach a lot of this stuff. So when it came to the draft, like that was their focus. The draft was their focus. And then the week after that, they started um, approaching their free agents in the weeks, uh, you know, in the weeks after that, they started approaching their free agents. Um, The extension talks with Devin was likely in the mix, but probably kind of pushed back, not for lack of importance or anything like that. They just like to approach the more immediate concerns. And, uh, and yeah, um, you know, I, I think that it's, it's funny that you brought up the Kawhi thing because you're right. Coming off of his rookie extension or his rookie uh, deal, they waited. Um, they waited until his contract was up. They did not extend him, and they did so because the cap hold, and for those of you who don't know, the cap hold on uh, his deal allowed for more space. Um if you wait instead of extending him, uh, you get, there's more possibility. There's more money in free agency the next year. And I think it's really interesting with all of these one year deals with all of these, you know, small contracts that uh, the Spurs are looking ahead to next year and saying, Hey, we're going to wait to sign everybody. Um, Kawhi's camp was not happy about that. Eventually they were, and it by the way, it was a different agent than his uncle at that point. It was Brian Elphis. They weren't happy about that, but I don't know how much that had to do with anything that happened later in his Spurs tenure, but you don't like to make guys upset. Mm -hmm. Um, I do wonder, I do wonder uh, if they're, if they're thinking about that because they can open some space, they can uh, look ahead and say, look, we're, we'll, we'll, we're going to pay you. We're going to extend you. And they can still, by the way, offer the most money. No other team can offer them more money. Um, so I, I, I do wonder if that approach is on their mind. I don't think it open. is. I, it leaves the door open. I don't think I don't think that's what they're thinking, but because I, I just feel like at this point, like you have Victor Wembanyama, like you want to secure these guys, you want to lock everyone up, you want to make sure that there's this this uh, this team around this guy, you want to make everyone happy, um, but it's at least a consideration because uh, by not extending Devin this summer. Uh, you're going to be able to have more cap room next summer. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to extend him this summer. I think it'll be later this summer or right before the start of the season. I think there are plenty of different ways to get to more cap room if they need it. I don't think they're going to be going after big superstars like max contract guys. I really don't. Um, hey, 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 that's 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 messing up the Spurs Twitter's favorite tinfoil theory. Draft Bronny James, bring LeBron over. Man. As an aside, did you do you, do you remember what that max contract that Kawhi signed um that next summer was? Oh god, it was like it wasn't it only like 80 million. It was 5 80- years. Ninety million dollars. Ninety million dollars. Keldon Johnson money. They locked uh, Kawhi Leonard. Keldon Johnson money. Yeah, that's um, different NBA, but um, just it's it's funny because that does not feel that long ago. But the numbers just feel like you're 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 looking really, when when people talk about that they could buy like uh, whatever a, a soda for a nickel or whatever. That's that's just kind of um, that's just kind of what it uh, what it feels like. But we'd be looking at probably different numbers even for even for someone like Devin Vassell. Different world, man. I mean, yeah, like Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain just came off his rookie contract and signed for two hundred and seven million dollars. Kawhi signed for ninety. Yeah, that wasn't that long Jaylen, ago. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Was Jalen Brown three three hundred? Three hundred and four million. Three hundred million. That's three hundred four million. That's three hundred four million dollars per hand that he can dribble with. That's 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 incredible. All right. With that, we're going to sign off. Bruno, uh, thank you for coming back on with me. I'm glad we're back. We'll do this again soon. Uh, do you have any Do you have any parting thoughts? Anything off the top of your head? No, I've got absolutely no thoughts left, Matt. you got literally all of them. I need to return to trying to <laughs> keep this newborn child alive and uh, try and maybe keep my own self alive as well with it until the next that's pod good. so uh that, that's that's all i've got but no thank you that's for having good. me always a pleasure and um i'm sure we'll talk soon well thank y'all for listening to small market bias brought to you by bet online we will see you next time You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.